Welcome back to the Reading Blues podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the school community, asking them questions and spending time understanding more about them and more about the school. In this episode, we're speaking to Scott Yates, Director of Middle School, and Robert Tidbury, Deputy Head Academic. They'll be walking us through the process of choosing GCSEs at Reading Bluecoat, the kind of systems in place to ensure students pick the right GCSEs for them, and what advice they'd offer to students in Year 9. So come with me now as we jump into this conversation with host Tracy and Reading Bluecoat staff Scott Yates and Robert Tidbury. Choosing GCSEs can be something of a minefield, and at the time of choosing, I can remember, it feels like a huge life decision. Happily, at the Reading Bluecoat School, there's always help on hand. I'm joined by Scott Yates, who's the Director of Middle School and Head of IT and Computing, and Robert Tidbury, who's Deputy Head Academic. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. So I suppose the first thing to ask is, we've been through a pandemic, and I was just going to ask you, has this had any effect on how GCSEs are going to run this year? It'll have no impact on the pupils who are currently in Year 9 picking their GCSEs. They will take their GCSEs in two years' time. We have no idea where we're going to be. Hopefully, by then, we'll be in a completely back-to-normal situation. And even if we're not, we still will be in a situation where we can manage what's going on and they can get their GCSEs to the best of their abilities. So they shouldn't worry about that when they're picking which subjects they want to choose. Good. Sounds like a relief to me. So let's get into the sort of nitty gritty. What is the process of choosing GCSEs? You know, how does it work and why is it important? Perhaps Scott Yates, you could take that question. Thank you. I'll start with why it's important. Most, perhaps the people listening were educated under the old system, maybe where they did AS levels and they did A levels. And then when they applied to university, they would be applying with AS grades and universities obviously would look at the AS grades. The students now applying are obviously only applying with GCSE grades and obviously predicted grades and they may have some other grade portfolios. So the GCSE grades are so important now because the universities look at these grades and they're meant to be, or some universities feel they're a better indicator of performance, ability and potential. So they'll be looking at these grades because they feel it's a level playing field. All the students are doing maths and English and the sciences, so it's a fair comparison of students' potential and ability. And because there's such a breadth at GCSE as well, the universities can look at the portfolio. So perhaps back in the day, everyone used to say GCSEs are important, but I think now they're even more important under the university climate. Gosh, no pressure then at all. (gasps) So what's the difference between studying GCSEs compared, for instance, to to life in years seven, eight and, and nine? The advantage of years 7, 8 and 9 is that there's more freedom that the teachers and the school can devise a curriculum that can be, the school can decide what's important and it can actually think about breadth and it can, they're not tied into a curriculum, whereas at GCSE, because there's going to be terminal examinations, we have to obviously make sure the students are best prepared for these examinations and obviously students are taught the lessons will be exciting and there'll be lots of interesting things, but of course, we have to teach and make sure they're prepared for the exam. So we'd follow the curriculum and make sure that they have the ammunition going into the exam to be able to tackle it. So perhaps, Robert Tidbury, if I could ask you, does that change the way students think about things? I mean, presumably it's, it's a transition, isn't it? It's another transition in their lives. How do you support them with that? 
So as they make their choices, we put lots of things in place in school to help them make really good choices about what subjects they, they take at GCSE. Obviously, there are some subjects they have to take, maths, two English, two or three science, a language could be modern or ancient, and RS. But they then have a choice of three subjects that they can pick pretty much whatever they like. And we've got to make sure they make really good choices. As Scott said, it's really important they have a good profile of grades when they leave GCSE. And they'll only have a good profile if they do well in those exams. And they'll only do well in exams if they're interested, if they're excited about their subjects. Because then they'll work hard. And with GCSEs, if you work hard, you will do well. That's what they're designed for. They're designed to be able to be accessible, that if you work hard, you're going to do really well. So if you're interested in your subject, you'll work hard, you'll do well, and that sets you up ready for A-levels and for university. We have a load of things that we do, we put on, to help them make those decisions. In the first term of the year, they had a day where they, you know, they go and look around, they can talk to teachers, etc. to think about it. They'll have parents' evenings, they have their tutors where they can talk to them about what they want to do. So there's loads of stuff to help them make those really good decisions about which subjects they choose. Yeah, what we also do as well, which we've noticed is really helping the students, is something called near-peer. Obviously, the students like to listen to teachers and their parents, but sometimes a voice of a student that's just recently picked or is doing their GCSEs is really valuable. So we're having great success with having assemblies and getting the older boys and girls coming in and talking to the students about how they made their choices, decisions they made, and they give them some practical advice because we find that students really can relate to students who have just taken those um, decisions. Because if I look back to myself, I'm young enough to have done GCSEs. I'm 48, so I was one of the GCSE babies, one of the first people that have taken them. So that's still, I'm still happy to say that. Yeah, recently I popped into one of our art lessons and our head of art, Miss Harvey, was talking to her year nines about what involved if you took art at GCSE. Because different subjects have different ways of assessing. So some, most subjects will have a terminal exam, which is what we expect, but some subjects like art, for example, will be project-based. She was chatting away about how they do it, making sure they knew what to expect from the subject. So, you know, some subjects will have lots of essays throughout the course, an exam at the end, whereas art or music or drama might have really large practical components. She was talking about the fact that in art they have a... They get given a word which they have to produce a project based on, and I could still remember... It just brought back to me the, the word I was given for my own art GCSE, 20-something years ago, and I still remember what that word was, and I couldn't believe it, it just brought it back, that, that it's still the same process for them. We can give them really good advice, because we've all been through it as teachers ourselves. The near-peer system seems absolutely brilliant. Um, it's amazing. You remember it, and I remember it too. Isn't it incredible how, how everybody used to say, oh, they're so unimportant, and yet we all remember it. I was wondering too, because it is this moment where, where presumably you're talking to uh, the pupils and the students at school, and then they go home, and then their parents are also trying to manage this huge transition. Is there anything that you do to interact with the parents as well? Because there may be a pupil that chooses something completely just impossible to do. How do you do that? It's difficult because making the right decision, it comes down to gut feel is quite important. And this is what I say to the parents and the student. Your gut feel is important because your gut feel is made up of thousands of micro decisions that your brain has made leading up to that decision. And sometimes we have to be careful because we have some parents that feel that they're in a better place to advise their son or daughter on their GCSEs. But realistically... We always want to listen to the student because it's the student that's going to have to be working through it. So sometimes you have to have conversations with the parents and 
help them believe that they have to trust their student in saying that they want to take this GCSE, and we, we feel that's quite important. But the parents are invited in. We have a really good brochure that gets sent out to parents with all the details on. We have a parents' evening where this can be discussed. And there's lots of opportunities for parents to ask the questions. And when the pupils finally do make their choices, they, they do it in school, they fill in an online form that they gives the information to us. And we then send that information you know, back to the parents and say, this is what they have chosen. So that if at that point the parents say, fundamentally, we're not happy with this, we can have a conversation and try and support that pupil and those parents to understand why the pupil wants to do those subjects, where it might lead, and come to a conclusion that's in the best interest of the pupil. And it's not that really a difficult decision because we offer lots of GCSEs in terms of the subjects, but the student only has to make three choices, and it's not that difficult to make the three optional choices of the subjects they want to do. They've normally made decisions, normally in year eight and nine as they come up, that what are they drawn to, what are they interested in? And perhaps a question you may ask soon is, what, what advice would you give to a student on taking the GCSEs? The worry is when students take GCSEs based upon perhaps what a friend's doing or they base it upon the teacher. So we have to make sure we have good conversations with the students. And we look at data as well. We look at their results. We look at their progress. And if a student was looking at a subject that we perhaps thought wouldn't be in their best interest to have in their portfolio, We'd have an honest discussion with the student and with the parents, but ultimately GCSEs are meant to be accessible. And if a student's passionate about studying a subject, then that is more important. I was going to ask just that question, actually. <laughs> I was also going to ask a question that once, once they've completed the form and the subject go, goes in, I presume that somewhere in Reading Blue Coat, there's an enormous machine that you feed all these things into and there's lots of scratching of heads. How does it happen from your side? So when people are actually selecting, presumably that's an enormous job to work out who's teaching what. Uh, Mr Tibbery, you have your hand up. <laughs> <laughs> A well-trained student's us. Yes, that's, that's very much my side of things. So they fill their online form in, that goes into a programme for us. What we do at Reading Bluecoat is we don't put any restrictions on the three subjects they can pick. So they can pick any three from the optional subjects we offer. We don't put them in blocks and say you've got to pick one from each block or anything like that. We give the pupils completely free choice of what they would like to do. Once that information comes into us, we then design our structure for next year's timetable around those requests. Now, we can't, of course, guarantee that every single request every year will be able to happen. And, and every other year or so, we have to talk to a pupil and say, look, I'm incredibly sorry. You're the one pupil or one of two pupils this year where your options just can't be met. And we have to have a conversation about them, right? What would you want to do? But we ask them for a backup. When we say, pick your three options, we say, and what's your backup? So almost always those discussions are really straightforward. It's like, I'm really sorry, we can't do all three. Which two in your backup would you like to do? And they're usually torn between two anyway. So at that point, they go, actually, no, it's fine. I, you know, I was thinking computer science, but I'd love to do IT instead or something like that. And it fits really well. So we don't want to restrict the initial choices. We'd much rather give everyone free choice, design the system around them. And then if we have to have a difficult conversation with one or two pupils, we can support them through that process. Rather than narrowing everyone down in their thought processes, we'd rather do it that way around. And if a, if a pupil, student makes a decision that they hugely regret, what are the mechanisms for them to come back to you? Uh, Mr Yates, you're being put in the seat for this one. 
Yes, students, students, yes, students do make mistakes, of course, or they pick a subject and then when they start. This has been a bit of a hot topic recently because some students have actually asked to change GCSE in year 10. And somebody asked, do we have a cut-off date? And we specifically don't have a cut-off date for anything like this because that would force people and pressure people into making a decision. So if a student in year 10 realises that perhaps it's not suited to them or over the summer they've done some work experience or they've been involved in something else and they really want to make a push for drama now, for example, we look at every individual case and we speak to the head of departments, we speak to the parents, we speak to the students, we look at the data and we look at the timing. And there's no simple answer because for some students it's right that they make the change and for some students it's a mistake that they make that change but we look at everything as an individual case. And I guess at the end of the day it is about the, the students kind of being taught to listen to you, to listen to their various tutors and to their parents and take a mix of everything and that's, that's all part of life as well isn't it, the, the growing process. Yeah we try to be as flexible and we want to say yes but perhaps if we say yes and it's a bad idea we won't say that. So, But for some students it's really obvious that Things have changed since they've made the options and they want to look at a different route in life and they've realised that they'd be better suited in that area. So it, it does happen. And I was going to ask both of you, because you've revealed that you haven't just left school, have things evolved, have subjects evolved? I guess they have since my day, but have, have the subjects invo- evolved that the students can actually take at GCSE? Evolved as in the complexity or the variety of subjects? Actually both. OK. Yeah, if I look back to when I was at school, the word IT didn't exist, if you look at it, and now I'm head of IT, so there's been some huge evolution there. I did computing at GCSE. I can still remember my coursework. I can remember everything about it. I sometimes show my classes, my GCSE coursework. They laugh and they <laughs> talk about how pathetic it is and how, and how did that even pass as coursework back in the day, but I eat humble pie and I accept that things have moved on. Things haven't changed as much as what... People think occasionally we, we get our old O-level papers as a bit of a joke and have a look at those and show the students and we look at GCSE papers and we look at how they've evolved. They evolve all the time because of government changes and we talk about GOV bringing in the gold standard of GCSEs recently, taking away coursework, obviously taking away the reset opportunities and there's been lots of change in terms of GCSE. But as a school, really, we just adapt to it. It's quite easy for us to adapt. And new students taking these qualifications, they don't know any different. They just know the GCSE that they're taking, and we prepare them for that. One thing I'd say compared to when I was at school is, maybe just, maybe just here compared to other schools, I don't know, but the range of subjects on offer is quite a lot bigger than I remember. Mm. I mean, I don't remember having the options to do things like geology, computer science. You know, those things just didn't exist when I was at school as options at GCSE. So I think... I think our pupils are quite lucky that they get such a range of options to pick from. It must be quite hard in some ways to pick three from that plethora of, of options they've got. So in that respect, it, it seems a broader change. The only other change I've noticed is that some subjects have condensed a bit. I remember when I was at school, DT was made up of lots of different options. You could do sort of resistant materials or graphic products and all this sort of stuff. And now there's just one all-encompassing DT kind of one that we offer that can be tailored to those things. But seems narrow but actually within it has a great deal more flexibility I think than was available in our day so I think that's a big change as Mr Yates has alluded to one of the big changes over the last five to ten years has been the removal of coursework which I think is I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing it suits some people more than others and it does have its ups and downs I mean having the ability to do 
a bit of your qualification advance, get it out of the way and done with was great, but some people find that process quite difficult and don't mature until they get towards the end of year 11. So for them, the ability to rest it all on a terminal exam is really beneficial. So it has swings and roundabouts. Obviously, the one thing we've both kind of avoided talking about so far with GCSEs is the change from the old-fashioned A star to G to the 9 to 1. And I think that hasn't really impacted the students because it doesn't impact what they have to learn, how they're assessed, what they have to do. All it really has done is impacted what the exam boards do at the far end in terms of awarding grades. It just means that when we're talking to pupils and parents, it's sometimes hard for parents to understand what does a six mean, because in their heads they're still thinking A star to, to G. And the important thing to remember is that when it was designed that nine and eight was pegged to be the old A star. So if a pupil's heading towards a nine or an eight, We've got to remember, that is incredible. That's, that's, that used to be the very pinnacle of what you could get. So a 9 or an 8 is an A star, and then the sort of the 7 covers down to the sort of A's, and then it goes all the way down, and the 4, 5 is pegged at the C. So pupils who are getting 4s and 5s, you know, they think, oh, is that very good? Is that, that's still a good old-fashioned pass. You know, you've still got a qualification that's worth having there. And I think people sometimes lose that in the transition from the 9 to 1. And like I said, it's hugely affected me because I have a son in year 13 and I've got a daughter who's just doing a GCSEs now and they constantly tell me that their grades are better than mine and, <laughs> and they wind me up and so they look at my grades and they say, Dad, you only got an A and I've got an 8 and I've got a 9 so I've, of course I'm... A, and I can never compete with that now so they're, my, my, my children are both more intelligent than me and it's proven now and maybe... <laughs> Maybe I'm, maybe I'm tempted to actually take a GCSE now, actually, just so I can get a grade to compare to my children. Mr Yates, you have a hard life. <laughs> I was going to ask you, actually, which, which sort of is part of that, is how do you have the radar out into the future, the sort of business world, and to what the future is going to be for the students? And how does that come back into how you advise at this level? I realise it's quite a long way away for them, but obviously for you, presumably you're sort of touching base out there to find out what's relevant and what's going to be acceptable. I think it's a really interesting one. I think maybe possibly the generation before me or sort of my generation, we, we went to school and were told you'll leave school, you'll get a job and that's what you'll end up doing. And therefore, when you were choosing your subjects, you were advised to think about how they supported where you were going to end up as your, what you wanted to do as your job. And I think that's almost been turned on its head slightly now. We understand and we appreciate that our pupils are not going to go on to a lifelong career where they go to the same job, work their way through up through a company, and then retire from that company. That's not going to happen to our pupils. They're going to have portfolio careers. They're going to do different things throughout their lives. And therefore, the content they learn at GCSE is somehow actually less important because they're never going to end up spending their entire life doing what they did at GCSE. That's just not going to happen for them. What's more important for them is that they get a good profile of grades so that no matter what they go on to do, people can look at them and say, you know what, this person can work hard, can do well, no matter what they're faced with, because that's the key skill that we need from them. And what they're going on to do, we don't know what the jobs are going to be in 50 years' time. No one could have predicted mm. 50 years ago half the jobs that people do now. A, a podcast presenter was not, a, was not, on the, was not an option on our, our forms that we filled in. So we've got to just make sure that they love what they do, that they do really well at it. And then when they go on to A-level, they can pick subjects they really enjoy. When they go to university, they pick subjects that they're really passionate about. And that will give them the best 
academic profile to go on to do whatever they want to do. I, can't, I was struggling. I thought before we arrived, I was trying to think of a job that requires a specific GCSE, and I was not outside of the obvious kind of core ones like maths, English, and science. And I was really struggling to think of any job that you'd want to do that has a specific GCSE requirement. I see it from a slightly different perspective because I agree with everything you say, but I was listening to a podcast, ironically, and it was talking about how, do you remember a few years ago, we had all these statements that students are at school and they're learning, but they're going to go on a job that doesn't exist yet. They've done some research into that, and it's not as important or significant as people think. Things are changing more slowly than people think. And it's quite simple. GCSEs are keys to open doors. And your A-level grades, you, you might look at as well, they're keys to open doors. Your GCSEs and your A-levels help you with entrance to university or onto apprenticeships or into jobs. But they have value as well, because sometimes we have a student that takes a language and they might say, well, I don't think I'll ever use French in my job. But it's not always the actual French that you're going to use. It's the skills that you've learned in understanding a language, the development of a language, and the work you've had to put in there, you probably will never speak French, but if you go into journalism or any other field, you're going to be using language in your life and in your job, and the skills you learn there for modern foreign language are going to help you. So I almost flip it on the other way. It's the skills and the generalised things that you're learning, because I doubt many surgeons look back to their GCSE and talk about osmosis and think about osmosis when they're performing surgery, but the skills that they've learned to understand, I think, are significant, and they're keys to help you move forward. It's Tidbury again. Yeah, it was... We keep talking about the importance of the profile at GCSE, and I, I sometimes worry that might scare pupils. You know, this thought that if you do your GCSEs and you don't do well across the board, that somehow you're kind of capped in what you can achieve later on. And what we have to caveat that with is obviously if something happens through your two years of your GCSEs, if you have a significant illness over those two years and that you don't quite perform at the level that you're capable of, that's okay. We understand that. And, you know, I, I remember looking at CVs for people applying for jobs as teachers and sometimes you'll have someone who has a dip in their academic performance through their career. But if there's a really good reason for that, that's never a problem. You know, if there's an explanation, if there's a story that goes with that that explains that, that's okay. So I don't want pupils worrying that, you know, if they don't get all nines at GCSE, that's it for them. It's not. If, mm. if there's an explanation, if there's a story, if there's an understanding of why that happened, then that's okay. And they can move forward and be incredibly successful with that behind them. That's okay. It's been fascinating this morning. Thank you very much indeed. I'm going to put you on the spot now and then we're going to wheel a, a year nine student in. Not really. But, but if you had a year nine student standing right here, I just want a really concise one one sentence piece of advice. Mr Yates, do you want to go first? Go with your gut feeling. Your gut feeling, as I mentioned before, is so important. Um, don't overthink. Just go with your gut because your gut and your emotional decision will normally be the right decision. Mr Tidbury? If you look forward to doing the homework, that's the subject for you. That's a great piece of advice. Both of those pieces of advice. Thank you so much for talking to me this morning. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And actually, like you, I feel I really want to go back and take one now. <laughs> I think I'll probably get a three or something. But thank you very much indeed. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been good to talk. So that was Director of Middle School Scott Yates and Deputy Head Academic Robert Tidbury. Thank you both for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It's great to hear all about GCSEs at Reading Bluecoat. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time.
Bye for now.